Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. You're listening to Double G Radio. It's all the non-believers. How did that? It's all the non-believers. Anybody can be beat. Relax and enjoy our expert analysis of all proteins in the concrete jungle. Can't wait. And you do not have to wait any longer. It is our final double G, the Big Apple Sports Hour, coming to you live right here on blogtalkradio.com. Welcome to our final show. It is the finale here with Stopsky and G. I'm your host, Greg Lerner, alongside... The one, the only, Matt Stavsky. What's up, Matt? Not much, man. It's uh, end of an era. End of an era. End of an era is right here on uh, Double G, especially. And we've got a lot to talk about, especially New York sports-wise. We are always in an empire state of mind. We've got the Mets bringing up their young kids, trading away veterans, opening up spots for these young kids to play, and, and maybe some other guys to kind of get in there and show their versatility and show that, hey, I can be part of the future here, Queens. And on the other side of town, the Yankees, oh, they're, they're in the mix. They're, they're still right there in the wild card position. They've got decent wild card position. But at the same time, they slipped five and a half games back of the Boston Red Sox after losing a heartbreaker last night where Mr. Devers taking Araldis Chapman deep lefty on lefty crime to the opposite field. That doesn't happen very often to Araldis Chapman. Actually, the first home run he's allowed this season. So that that was a big-time rarity. Red Sox able to scratch across another run and win the ball game in the Bronx, in the boogie down. Last night, they take that series three games to two. And now we get both of these teams about to be matched up together. So, Matty, let's start with the Mets first. We've got obviously they traded away you know, a lot of those, those those veteran guys to get rid of Bruce, they get rid of Walker, um, and and they're probably still looking to get rid of maybe Granderson, maybe Cabrera. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, although I don't think you're probably going to get much for Granderson or many takers for Granderson at this point. Um, and maybe you get somebody for an uh, Israel Cabrera, um, but they bring in you know a couple couple pieces, you know, a couple a couple minor league guys, and I know we had a discussion about this. Uh, on, a, on the last show, uh, but at the same time, now we get to see Ahmed Rosario. Now we get to see finally Dominic Smith's up here, and I just gotta say, let these kids go, man. Just let them play the rest of the season. You give them an off day here, there, whatever, you know, just to keep them fresh. Uh, but at the same time, this is basically the only thing that the fans are coming out to the stadium to see the rest of this year because the Mets are are basically buried at this point. They're behind the Miami Marlins and the Washington Nationals at this point, 53 and 62, nine games under 500. 
Are you excited about these young kids finally coming up? I saw you were at a game. You were donning your Mets gear. You look good in the blue and orange, man. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm 50-50 with this. Uh, but before I go into that, I, want, I actually have a question for you because you know, my specialty is the NFL. It's a little different. Didn't the deadline for trades pass? How, how are we still trading people? Yeah, it's the um... – it's the it's the the non waiver trade deadline, so it, it goes all the way up until September first, and uh, you have yeah ha- you have to put these guys on waivers, and somebody can claim them. If they claim them, you can pull them back and say, okay, you can't have them, or you can try to you know maybe work out a deal with them to try to trade them. But if they pass through waivers, then it just kind of works the same way as. Um, you know, the, the regular trade deadline, you know, whatever it is, September or not September, August 1st. That seems really weird, but okay. No, baseball is, is always Major a little League. weird to me, so I'll, I'll, I'll let it be. <laughs> it, it's crazy. It's nuts. But if I still, for, on the topic of, of the question you asked me about the young kids, yeah, I'm a little worried that we're trading too many people away. I know we want to get these young kids up here, but let's not forget that going into this season, we thought this team was going to be a playoff contender, maybe a World Series contender. And obviously it's been a bit, it's been a bad year, it's a down year. A lot of it has to do with early injuries, kind of got up on the wrong foot, really never regained the composure that we needed. I uh, really never got you know, the health that we need, especially in our, in our pitching. Um, so I really didn't think this team had to be blown up like it is now because they had blown up this team. Uh, it, you know, they're getting a lot of their young guys in there. And I don't think they had to go that far with getting rid of all of these guys. I understood you know, getting rid of guys who are not going to be around next year, who maybe are on contract years or playing. Which everybody was. Where we have, yes. But I still think that we could have probably re-signed Neil Walker to a deal. I'm sure that wouldn't have, that wouldn't have been the uh, – no, But the that's bad. the thing. Like, do you, do you I, I, really want to re-sign Neil Walker? That, that, I think that was the big question because, you know, what is Neil Walker? He, he's a guy who came off back surgery, surgery last year, and, you know, he's not outstanding. He's another year older in his – you know, he's getting in towards his mid-30s and, and whatnot. And, and I don't know. I think there, there might be opportunity for younger guys to come up and maybe be able to contribute as well. No, so I agree that the young guys are going to contribute, and I'm not doubting the talent of these younger kids. They're going to be very good. But for playoff baseball, man, that's really when the veterans come out and shine, is in playoff baseball. Because like we always say, baseball is a war of attrition. It's a long, long season. And then as you, know, you play the, the toughest game of the year, after 102 games, after months, after spending two separate Seasons, you know, spring and summer, you're going into fall. It's cold. You've been there forever. That's when we start to pay have these veterans in. And so this, we got rid of a lot of veterans. Um, and that, I, you know, obviously, I'm, I'm planning for the 2018 season here. It's not like we can't go out and sign some veterans. But I, I think maybe we blew up maybe just a little too much. Because you know, also, I think these prospects will be good, but are they going to be 2018 good? Are they going to be 2019 good? Or are they going to take a little while to develop? And I, I really thought the Mets had a window here of a couple of years where we could have been a good playoff team. If these prospects aren't ready to go uh, to the level that we're hoping they're ready to go at, 
then we're just on a permanent losing streak until all of our guys hit again. It doesn't make any sense to me. I think we, I think we rebuilt instead of reloaded uh, in the season, and I think it's going to come back and bite us if these guys don't all pan out to be 2018 solid players. No, I, I kind of disagree with that because I think the guys that they got rid of were guys that you weren't sure were really going to be around next year anyways. You weren't really counting on. You know, you have Cespedes here. You've got the building blocks, like I said, Cespedes. You've got Conforto is going to be in the outfield. You have to figure out what you want to do in the other corner spot or if you want to bring in a legit center fielder, maybe you can get Lorenzo Cain. It's somebody that you uh, you might look to. Maybe you, you, you go out and you get a guy like Mike Moustakis to come in and play third base who – He's hit a ton of home runs this year. He's kind of been a revelation ever since a couple of years ago. He was supposed to be one of those young kids that came up and was good with the Royals, and he struggled. The Royals sent him back down. He came back up, and ever since then, he's been playing great baseball. Uh, a solid third base, a guy with, who plays with some attitude. We saw that in the 2015 World Series. Something you like. You don't know if David Wright's coming back. And, and nobody in, in, in any sense of baseball is counting on David Wright to come back and to be half the player that he was. So it, it makes sense to kind of look towards the future and say, okay, we need to we need to find a permanent replacement for David Wright, not just a guy that's going to be a stopgap. Um, and like I said, getting rid of Neil Walker, I have no problem with it. And, and you mentioned the veterans. There's good and bad to having veterans throughout the lineup. Because if you get farther into the season and you get towards the postseason, you know, the veterans have been there. They've done that. They've been in the postseason. They know how to handle it. But also, they're older guys. You need that infusion, infusion of youth with, especially with a guy like Ahmed Rosario, and, and he's and we've seen him already over the past week or two. He's a very, very athletic player. He, he can get to a lot of balls, has a lot of range, has a pretty strong arm. Uh, he had a big home run in Philadelphia to win a baseball game this past weekend. Uh, so the hitting is going to come around. We saw him hit – I think we've already seen him hit three triples uh, in, in the major league. He's stolen a couple bases. Uh, he's got good speed. And that's one thing that this Mets team I've noticed throughout the years is just they haven't been very athletic. They have a lot of guys – who are power hitters and, and can do a lot of things that way and shoot gaps, but they're not going to steal a lot of bases. The Mets over the last couple of years, since the early Jose race uh, years have been the bottom of the basement, bottom of the barrel when it comes to stolen bases. Uh, so they don't have a lot of athletic guys. And, and Ahmed Rosario is one of those guys who is a very athletic guy. And I'm going to be honest with you. You talk about veterans. I, I w- at this point, I, I might not be surprised if Jose Reyes finishes his career here in New York and just becomes a bench player. Uh, a guy who, you know, fills in, plays alongside Ahmed Rosario. They sign him, you know, for not a lot of money. He loves it here in New York. He loves Ahmed Rosario. He, He's basically, he's always putting stuff on Instagram about how he's his little brother, or his, how, he's, how he's his big brother. Um, and he just loves being around the guy. And so I, I see your point about the veterans. You do need those veterans. Uh, but they do have guys here who have been veterans. Um, <clears throat> but they do need that infusion of youth. And I like how they have Ahmed Rosario and they have Dominic Smith. And you just give these guys the rest of the time, rest of the season to play, see what you got. Like you said, you know, these guys might not be able to, you know, they might not turn out to be, you know, great. But this is where the, this is the point you're going to find out. And you've invested in these guys. You have to, you have to see what you have in your investment. So you have Ahmed Rosario, good defender. At short, you have another good defender at first and Dominic Smith. He's not the prototypical Six foot two plus, uh, you know, lankier first baseman. You know, maybe stock. You know, hit, hit, it's for a lot of power. He doesn't hit for a lot of power, but he's got a good glove. He's six foot two twenty, I think. So he's just got to make sure he keeps himself in shape, or, or we're gonna have another Mo Vaughn on our hands, and, and nobody wants that. 
No, no, no one wants that. But uh, <laughs> I, I get what you're saying. I absolutely get what you're saying. That we, you want more uh, athleticism on the team. You know, the guys we trade away, you know, Duda, Neil, Jay, all these guys 30 years or older. So, yeah, we're getting, yeah. getting younger. Um, but all these guys were doing pretty well uh, for the match. You know, obviously, for Duda, 250 is, like, decent. That's, that's pretty good for Duda. Uh, he had 17 home runs, which was which is solid. Neil was batting 264. Jay also batting 256 uh, with you know, 29 home runs is ridiculous. Uh, we got, oh, we got Jay a, Bruce was phenomenal. I, I, yeah, it was, it was solid, absolutely solid. And so that's that's where I'm I'm getting is that we're trading away guys that you know I don't think that Jay Bruce, Neil Walker, Lucas Studer are you know I'm not even saying I'm just saying they're they're pieces to the puzzle for a playoff team. You know, we're now going to these un these unproven commodities who are 22 years old, 22, 23 years old, and we're going to ask them to play at that level. And that's a lot to ask of somebody who has to get used to the speed of the game. You know, it's I feel like a lot of people don't understand the difference between minor league ball and major league ball. It is totally different. It is a, a totally different game. The pitchers you're playing against are just just light years better. Uh, it's just, it's a completely different. It takes a and baseball is a game of um, you know of kind of like you, you have to get into routine. You know when you're playing baseball and you're a good routine, you can hit hitting 300 in AAA and then come up and get 100 in the majors. It's not even because like you know you're like, you're still, like your skill left is that your your routine's gone. So who you're playing with is gone. Everything is totally different. So we're going to ask these guys like Cabrera, uh, I'm not Cabrera, like um, like Rosario, to to first take the place of these guys and be the new be the new uh, first, no, our our keystone players for the 2018 season. And I think that's way too much to ask of a lot of players. I would have been okay with getting rid of one or two of those guys, but getting rid of you know a third of the lineup. I think it was a little too much. And especially with, with us yeah, probably but, training ways to Will Cabrera as well eventually. Yeah, but, I mean, you have to you have to build for the future at this point. I mean, the the, the veteran lineup that they had coming into the season wasn't producing, and it didn't, you know, didn't do enough well, to get us to where we want to be. And I guess the pitching had a lot to do with that. Right, but, but you know, when you say it'll build for the future, we're not building for 2022 here, but over 2018, it's one year. You know, it's – Exactly, so the, the very near future, and that's why they brought these guys up this year. But I understand that, but, you know, building for the, for the next year, getting rid of guys who – it's not like the difference between 30 to 31, 31 to 32 is going to you – know, it's not like Neil Walker's going to be hitting 150 next year because he turned 32. Uh, There's still going to be decent players in 2018. And Jay Bruce is off a ridiculous year right now. I, I feel like we got rid of – Well, Jay Bruce was a salary dump. I know. Well, I know, but still, I would have kept him anyway. But I, I understand you want Rosario up, and I think Rosario, moving up Rosario was an excellent move, and that was going to happen no matter what. Whether they were in the playoff race or not, Rosario was going to be on this roster come August, September. Uh, but now you're just, you're just bringing up other guys, and now it's like, oh, let's see what they can do. Like we're a team that's not going to be competitive for their four or five years because we should be competitive next year. Uh, and I think they that, will be competitive yeah, next year. We got year. rid of a third of our roster. I don't think so. I don't think we're going to be as competitive. We got rid of a third of our starting lineup, pretty much. 
There's no problem with that. You have guys, plenty of guys that can fill in, and you have guys in the offseason you're going to sign, you're going to bring in. I have no problem with them getting rid of Walker, Bruce, none of that. I mean, you can you can sign you can sign Jay Bruce back in the offseason. If you really want Jay Bruce, you can sign him in the offseason next year. I, but you know, I, I, again, I, I do not – I'm not a fan of, of that kind of strategy. And also, you look at the guys that we have on, you know, right now, which are about guys who are old. Are we really you – know, Granny's 36, and he like, has 17 home runs, but he's hitting 230. Is that that great? Uh, we've already heard rumors that Cabrera not kind of wanting to play with, with Rosario doesn't want to really move around too much. Are we going to get rid of Cabrera soon? Reyes is really only his name at this point. He's nowhere close to the player he ever used to be. So the guys that we actually have to replace for the 2018 season are still on our payroll. But the guys that we could have used the 2018 season are gone. And so we're now uh, I disagree. I don't, I don't agree with you because really, I don't think really we gone. needed Neil Walker. I don't think we, we necessarily needed Jay Bruce because, again, you can go out and you can get another guy, or you can, if you have enough confidence in Juan Lagares, put him in center field, and your defense automatically becomes – much, much better. I, I like Jay Bruce. I thought he was really good. But all of these guys, you can get back in the offseason if you really wanted them that bad. And if you do do that, hey, well, you got a, you got a minor league prospect out of it as well. And you can still get these guys back. I don't think they'll bring back Neil Walker. That's, that's, but I do think is, there might be a chance that they bring back Jay Bruce. I'm not saying that. You're taking a huge risk, though, with that. Taking a huge No, risk. that's what the Yankees did yeah, last year. These guys and look where back. they're at. It's the Yankees. Going, doing something the Yankees do is not the same thing the Mets can do. That is, that is not Well, the, the Mets same. are trying to be smarter baseball-wise. 100% That's the same. That's not smart. Trying to mimic the Yankees is not a smart baseball move. That's not baseball. That's uh, not I don't, agree, I don't agree with that. The Yankees have been doing really well lately in their farm system and everything and bringing the young kids up and, and playing well. And, and you know, they put themselves in a, in a spot that could be, for, could be for a wild card spot. I like what the Yankees have been doing. can't go back to Jay Bruce and be like, oh, yeah, want to come back and join us? No, he's not coming back. If he gets a better team, he's out of here. He's completely out of here. We just – any kind of, you know, respect or trust that we have with Jay Bruce is gone. It's, it's not – You're looking at this from an emotional standpoint. This is a business, though. These players understand that these are – this is business decisions. I, They're not winning with them. Why do we need him there? Why do we so, need Jay Bruce here? So what so – a business decision, man. You're going to move your family back to New York after they just trade you? I would go somewhere else. We're going to lock in a long-term deal and not have to worry about this stuff. You're already shown that Jay Bruce is the first Well, maybe they'll, the Mets will lock him up for a couple years. Absolutely not. And you know that's not going to happen. And I, I don't It think might. Look what happened with Chapman. It happened with Chapman. We've it's seen so this happen before. It's so different. What's Listen, Why is it different? How is it different? The Yankees is because the Yankees are always in competition for something. Even when they suck, they still are somehow in competition for something. The Mets, more often than not, are garbage, and we're usually sellers at the deadline. Why would a guy who just got sold by the Mets come back to the Mets and move his family back here or keep his family here? Well, maybe the Mets don't even want else. him in the future. Maybe they're like, uh, we, we want to go in a different direction anyway. But, so, again, why but is it a bad move? Dumb. They save $4 but million, dollars, they get two prospects back. $4 million? Would you rather have some wins or $4 million? I'll give, I'll give I don't want any more. You don't need any more wins this year. 
We're losing with him. It doesn't matter. But for, but for next year, I would have. I would but have he was a free agent anyway. He could have left. He could have left. He was a free agent anyway. Lock him up. They want to take time to lock him up. Because they don't know if they want him. Lock him up. That's dumb. If they don't know that they want a guy who has 29 home runs, then they are dumb. Then that's that's. I, I don't. That's that is. Either the Mets are I don't think I don't think that's dumb because I think what they're trying to do is become better defensively and offensively. You know, they need better lineup construction. They need better defense in the outfield. They need a guy who's more athletic because they don't have a lot more athleticism. Replacing Jay Bruce with that is now better offensively than Jay Bruce. I'm not even talking about offense. I'm talking defense and lineup construction. Well, if you get a guy like Lorenzo Cain who can come in here and play Golden Glove center, I do not care what? About <laughs> there's your problem. That's why you're not, not a baseball guy because you don't understand that defense is a lot of it. If the Mets had defense, they probably would have won that 2015 World Series. Yeah, De- defense is half the game. You can't just win defense and game. pitching you wins championships. Defense and pitching wins championships. Defense and pitching wins championships. No, That's all you need to know. No, I give me no, Lorenzo Kane over Jay really, Bruce really any how? day of the week. Are you, are you any day of the Cubs, week. He leads off. He scores runs. He no. gets. He hits You're the baseball. He hits home runs. He plays Gold Glove center field. Give me oh, Lorenzo Kane over no. Jay Bruce any day. Lorenzo Kane, are you kidding me? No, no, not at all. Uh, he's speed, he's athleticism. Absolutely not. He plays great defense in the outfield. He can score runs. Uh, give me that as my leadoff hitter. I'll take that every single day. Dude. Mm. No. No, no, no. All right, so we're, we're getting Lorenzo Cain. Is that, is that your that's, – that's our, that's our plan? That's an option. Is it? Why would he sign Yeah, up? absolutely it's an option. Why, why would he? Why would he sign with us? Why, why would he not? I mean, he's got a place in center field. He can be the he's leadoff hitter. Sucks. He's going to be in a sucks. in a good offense. He's going to be with guys who can we can compete next no, year with won't. a lot of young guys. What offense? Yeah. What offense? What do you mean? What offense? offense? Conforto, Cespedes, Rosario, Dom Smith. Who? Oh please, man! Count please. So you're telling me Lorenzo Kane is going to leave for the Royals right now to come join the Mets, who sucked this year. So we're, no, we're the Mets, getting rid of Jay Bruce. Who, so we're getting rid of Jay Bruce for Lorenzo Kane, who's older than Jay Bruce, for what? How is this an upgrade? We, a, we're taking – Because he plays better defense. He's a gold-glove center fielder. He's got speed. He's athletic. We, we already talked about this, and you agreed with me that they need more athleticism on this team, and that's one way to get more athletic. Because Michael Conforto is not a true center fielder. Yeah, he's done a fine job there, but he's not. Uh, he's just a pure hitter. But you have to continue to build around these guys, and I understand it's a big question mark getting rid of some of these guys in your lineup. But you need to. You have to have faith in the front office that they're going to be able to go out there and they're going to be able to replace these guys with guys in free agency and, and trades and whatever. But that's what you, Dude, that's I, just what baseball really is. That's what you have to do. I really think. This is, this is a sports, man. This is just basic sports economics here. So we're, we're totally risking our 2018 season, hoping that we can get a free agent that's worth it in center field. I think that, you that, were more risking the, the 2018 season on, on if this pitching is going to be healthy and, and, and whatnot. I think that's the more important issue here. Well, the, thing is, the pitching we already have in-house, that's just something that has to heal. When, when you're <laughs> has the to heal, has to train more effectively, control. has to be better. 
but that has nothing to do with it. I'm talking about your – that's relying on something that's already in-house. You have that in-house. That just has to get better. We have nothing in-house to replace Dave Ruth with. Dave Ruth with. Our only option is going outside the organization, which at that point, there are so many different variables that the chance of us actually getting what we want is low, very low. That's a bad move. Well, there's plenty that's of options out there. I, I don't see, I don't see, I don't see anything bad about it because you might have lost Jay Bruce in the off season anyway. So, you know, what what what's the point if you can upgrade in the outfield oh, defensively? I would, I would assign him to a deal. I, I think I would assign Jay to a deal because I, I, right now you're looking at a very, very weak lineup for 2018. Nothing changes. Well, yeah, because obviously, obviously, there's going to be things that are going to change to replace these guys. But they have to, and hopefully, they fit is, better. After, is after, but if if we change this, if let's say we get some changes, when it's all said and done, is it going to be better than the lineup we just had? <laughs> yeah, I hope so it, because we're 53 yeah. and 62 right now. It's got to be better. But that's. But that's not from – that's a lot – I'm pitching. It's a lot on the health issue, man. I'm not, I'm not saying – you think because we have Jay Bruce, we, we didn't have a good year? It was pitching. We didn't have, we didn't have a healthy pitching staff. We didn't right have a now, healthy pitching staff. We didn't have a healthy lineup. lineup. A lot of things didn't go well. You can't just blame the pitching. It's been the offense right. as well. Jay Bruce was the only one that did anything. And we traded him away. <laughs> I have no problem with that. You got to save money because the Mets are all about the penny pinching. That's what it is. They they they, they love to save whatever money they can. I'm just telling you how it is. I I like Jay Bruce too. I'm not arguing against that Jay Bruce is bad. I'm just saying that he might have left anyways. I like Jay Bruce. I like what he was able to do here in this season. Kind of kind of coming out and facing adversity and saying, you know, all these people, all the pundits are saying. Man, you know, I don't know if this guy can can perform in New York and blah blah blah. He came out and he pre- proved everybody wrong. And honestly, I thought they were going to keep him, but they didn't. So now I'm trying to look forward to what could possibly be coming back. I understand you can sit here and say, I, I I want them to sign. I want. I wish they had signed Jay Bruce to a, to an extension, or they got him locked up for the next couple of years for you know insurance with with Cespedes because we don't know about Cespedes. You know he he came into this season and he's squatting 500 pounds and blah blah blah. And Syndergaard is you know putting off 17 pounds of muscle and both of those guys have come out and said, yeah, well I guess we may be training the wrong way in the off season, so we need to do things better next off season. So. You know, with that, I'm hoping that they'll be smarter and they'll learn from their mistakes, and hopefully they'll be able to hold, both stay healthy for all of next year, and they can both be difference makers. And I have to put faith in the Mets, and I know this is this is not not the ideal situation because we've seen the Mets. You know, when you when you try to put faith in them, they usually let you down, but that they'll be able to bring in somebody to 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 something like what Jay Bruce did. Maybe it is Jay Bruce, and maybe you're right. Maybe he doesn't want to come back because they just sold him off. But maybe you get a guy like Lorenzo Cain. Maybe you get a guy who can play center field so Conforto can go over to the corners where he's probably better at, and you can have a guy maybe who can lead off, who can play some good defense. But like you said, Jay Bruce, he was really good. I'm not arguing that. He's a very good player, and he was the only guy who did anything in our offense this year. Well, I am not going to put my faith in the front office because that's I'm a radio host and I'm not allowed to put faith in anybody besides myself. So I will <laughs> say that I think this is an absolutely terrible decision because yes, I will I will bow to your knowledge of baseball over over mine. But at the same time, I look at these players 
and I see if Ian J. Bruce were the only guy he was a rotational guy, I really don't have faith in Granderson for 2018. I don't have faith in Granderson. And I well, he's out of here. He's not going to be here. Right, Granderson's not going to be here. This is last year's deal. Right. The worst-case scenario, we have Cespedes, Conforto, Bruce. That's my worst-case scenario for you lock up Bruce. That's a pretty good worst-case scenario. And then let's say we get Kane in there, and we can move things around. Then all of a sudden, Jay Bruce becomes expendable. He wasn't expendable this year. That's my problem. He was not expendable, and they got rid of him. That, that's, again, that, that's the biggest issue. Uh, I, I think he was expendable. I don't see how he wasn't. I mean, he was going to be a free agent anyways. Again, I am going off the option of we should have tried to sign him to a long-term deal. Not like super But then long. if you try to get – and then like if you no, bring in Lorenzo Cain, then, and you tried to trade Bruce in the offseason last year and there was no market for him. That's the problem. He came off a really good year last year, and there was no market for him because everybody was, was, okay, this guy's a really streaky guy. I don't know if this is somebody we want in our outfield. Damn, man. I think that's really bad. I think absolutely everything about this is bad. Um, because, uh, <laughs> I really don't – I don't – I A, I don't trust free agents when it comes to the Mets. I don't trust it because um, I've just never seen it. And I, outside of Cespedes, who we had to, like, pretty much walk in a room to make him, like, resign with us. No, 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 absolutely not. He had, he had better offers from the Nationals. And he said, I want to come back to New York. I enjoy playing here. I enjoy the bright lights. He had better offers from other teams, and he said, I'm going to stay with the Mets. Right. But he was already here. We traded for him. He was here. We then re-signed him. Who actually just comes to the Mets that's still in their prime, who still can put up good numbers? Who just actually decides to come to the Mets? No one has just come to the Mets who's that, who's that good. We either have to trade for them or we have to draft them. No one yeah, but, but I'm so, saying so he wanted to stay so here. Our theory, he could have easily left for right. more money. But I'm not arguing Cespedes. I am saying that our, our theory of we're going to go out and sign somebody who's never played for the Mets before as our first option is historically stupid because we have not seen it happen in years. We I, did I, it with Neil I Walker. I absolutely do not. Neil Walker's not that good. <laughs> He's then why okay. are you upset that he's leaving? Good because he's a solid piece. Not every player has to be an all-star. He's not a gold glover. No. Kane's the globe is a gold glover. He's going to get a market. He's going to have a market. Why was he? Why is he going to come here? As a oh. team, we pick up guys who are solid pieces, and and all and also guys we get to trade for, or we have to severely overpay for somebody there, there you know to, to be honest though we haven't we haven't been good. we haven't been we haven't been in the market for a guy like that in a while because we've had guys via trades we've had guys that we've picked up in the offseason like neil walker uh and and you know the mess with their money it hasn't been good it hasn't been good lately so you know they've had guys here they had guys that they brought up like a like a darno they you know they bring in a jose reyes and he plays well at the end of last year they bring in a guy like Ezreal Cabrera to come in and play shortstop. He was great for 2015. You know, he was better than people expected. You know, so they have brought brought in pieces to go around and to kind of construct the lineup, but they haven't been able to bring in, or they haven't needed to bring in those type of, you know, Gold Glove All Star caliber players. 
because the Mets were just relying too heavily on the pitching, and it completely let them down. And there's your flaw to the flaw to the system. Ah oh, man, I think we're going to just have to agree disagree for the for the time being. <laughs> so I, let's go to the I'm Yankees not, because uh, because the, yeah, I, I feel very different about the Yankees. I do the Mets right now. Let's <laughs> just say that. I I don't know. I mean, after what I saw from their bullpen, the Yankees bullpen lately, it hasn't it hasn't been very good for the Yanks either. It's been uh, it's been not good. Losing two out of three from the from the Red Sox. Uh, Severino gets knocked around. Uh, their offense really hasn't done much. Judge has kind of been in a little bit of a slump lately. He's not doing what he did before the All Star break. Um, you know, there's been you know uh, Joe Girardi has been sitting Gary Sanchez because. His defense hasn't been up to par. He hasn't been hitting great. And, and it just seems like there's a little bit of uneasiness going on with the Yankees. And, I mean, you know, obviously they're chasing the Red Sox. And, uh, you know, you have them at home, and you, and you think, okay, this is going to be a good matchup for us. And, you know, they still lose two out of three. And, and yes, they still control their own destiny where they're at the top of the wild card standings. And I think it's a by about a game, game and a half, if I'm not mistaken. Just trying to reload my computer here so I can pull up the stats as I'm packing my life away here and and just trying to get all this stuff done so I can get all my things on the moving truck tomorrow. Um, but yeah, the Yankees are in. Uh, yeah, well, they're up by okay, they're up by a, a game and a half over uh, over the the Angels who are in the second wild card spot. Up two games over Minnesota, who's right outside uh, by half a game from the Angels. The Yankees are still in good position in the wild card. Obviously, yes, Saints losing two out of three to the Red Sox at home, but they play the Red Sox a ton the rest of the way. So that could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing because if you look at you know what the Yankees have been able to do lately, it's going to be tough because the Red Sox clearly are a good opponent, and you know you probably want to be playing weaker opponents down the stretch so you can you know accumulate some wins and things like that. But unfortunately. They're not going to have that luxury. So maybe they make up some ground if they can get on a winning streak against the Red Sox. And maybe they, they try to come back and then they try to fight for that division. <clears throat> Listen, the reason I'm okay with the Yankees over the Mets is not because of what they're going to do this year. If they make the playoffs this year, that's great. I think that's fantastic. I think they obviously should because they made a real push for them, a real push at the trade deadline to, to really secure what they could. But – I feel like this team is all up, all up for 2018. I feel like what I could feel about the Mets, I feel about the Yankees because they have a, a lot of their answers in-house. Now, yes, Judge is not playing the way that he was playing beforehand, but really, that was just a matter of time. Realistically, how could you uh, ask? How could you ask for that? Yeah, he was historically good uh, in the first half of the season. He, there was no way he was going to keep that up. And, you know, I, I, Gary Sanchez will bounce back. I think he'll, at least, maybe not for this season, but he'll bounce back to 2018. You know, they have, they have some good young pitching in Gray and um, in Montgomery. I know Montgomery gets bounced around every now and then, but he's only a 24-year-old kid. He's going to find his way. He's done a decent job. We have a, you know, the bullpen isn't great, but they're, we have a decent, it's, it's building. And honestly, I feel like this Yankees team, I, I don't think they're going to be a team that goes very far this year. So I feel because they're the Yankees and they have the money and they have the prestige, they can fill the holes pretty easily, unlike the Mets can for 2018. I thought they're going to have a, they're going to be in contention to go for a World Series championship next year. 
And you don't feel like the Mets will be? Absolutely not. Even, Even with their pitching goes back, he's all healthy. No, because now, I know you say pitching and defense wins, but you have to still score runs. Yeah, and if you can hold the other team down, you can score just enough to be okay. And we saw that in 2015. You, oh, man. A, 2015 was a magical year. And two, you can't count on every, on only holding guys to two and three runs a game. There are going to be games where you have to score a couple runs. Yeah. And I, and, and I, and I, I believe they will. To be kind of five hour. I don't. But but anyway, yeah, because you're looking not... at, the, at the lines as they are right now, but looking at they are, how they are right now, I'm not going to project who they're going to sign. I'm just looking at who they have in-house. The Yankees have a much better lineup in-house. Yes, their, their pitching is nowhere close to as good as the Mets when healthy, but they're growing it. They made some good trades uh, at the deadline. I think they had some young guys that can, that can step up. I don't think it's ever going to be to the level of the Mets, but their lineup is just light years better than the Mets. I wouldn't say light years, but right now it is, it's a little bit better. Absolutely light years. A little bit better. No, definitely not light years. So much better. How are they not? Definitely not light years. This team has an actual offense. This team has actual offense. There is no offense in the Mets. There's zero offense. No, they do have offense. Uh, How can you say that? You want to assess it? If you're saying the Mets offense before they made the Cespedes trade in 2015, yeah, that is abysmal. That I would say light years. But you have Cespedes here. You have a Conforto here who's established himself. You have two guys that are solid hitters that you know are going to produce for you in the middle of that lineup. How is that light years? Because you – If they didn't the have that, I would guys. understand. The Yankees have seven. They're at least – a majority of their lineup can hit. And yet, even when they're having off days, they're still better than most men hitters. Gary really? Sanchez so Todd Frazier is better. Sanchez. Gary Sanchez is going through a slump. Um, you, you have you don't Gary even have Sonny Castro there. Who would be Ronald Torres is in the lineup. Sanchez would be one of the best hitters for the Mets right now. And he's not even hitting that well. Exactly, Gary Sanchez would be one of the. Best I don't think I don't think you would be. Slump. No, that's definitely not. True. Outside of Conforto, um, outside of Conforto, outside of Cespedes. Who's a better hitter on the Mets lineup than Gary Sanchez? Outside of those two guys, I mean, right now, yeah. I mean, I'd say I'd say Cabrera's better. I'd say you, you could argue that Ahmed Rosario, the number two prospect in all of baseball, could be right there. Rosario is not better. Get out of there. Rosario is not better. They're no, different types. They're different types of hitters. It's hard to compare apples and oranges. No, you can. They're both fruit. There you go. I can pay. <laughs> I, I would say, listen, maybe I'll give you, maybe I'll give you Cabrera. But even if we're at that, Gary Sanchez is the fourth best hitter on the Mets right now, and he's almost not good enough to make the starting road, starting lineup for the Yankees. This last is he? Who's better than him with the Yankees? Who who's better than him with the Yankees lineup right now? Who's better? Who's better than Sanchez on the Yankees right now? Yes. Judge. Gardner. Uh, I don't know uh, about Gardner. That uh, he hasn't been. You, uh, Gar- oh, he hasn't been great. All hell, all hell. That guy's clutch. Uh, I'll give it to Didi. He's bad in three oh nine. I'll give it to him. Uh, you know, I would say, yeah. I give you Didi. Uh, That's about it. Me, 
maybe maybe Headley. Maybe Headley. No, he's actually definitely he's not. Been a, he's having a he's having a quietly good year, man. Back he, in the 70s, he was in a quietly stinks. good year. He stinks. Uh, Aaron Hicks. Aaron Hicks has been injured uh, and just came back. Yeah. So I'm um, he's still better. Uh, I don't believe so. Torres? Is it Torres problem? No, tell, you're, you're, you're just reaching right now. You're reaching. Ellsbury's been on the bench. Torres is a part-time player. He's not a full-time player. Yeah, and, and Spursy's well, going to be good. Yeah, and Spursy's going to be good. Yeah, but in, exactly. In Spursy, well, he's going to be good. Only, it's only, he only has 60, uh, 60 less at bats than Sanchez. That's because Sanchez was injured. That's because Sanchez was injured for a while. And to but we're comparing throughout the entirety of the season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's no comparison. Gary Sanchez is a much. If you ask any Yankee fan, Gary Sanchez is a much better player than Ronald Torres. Much better player. Much better, better hitter. Player, right? We're saying we're saying we're saying better hitter at this moment. At this moment, right now. No, I'm saying overall say in the lineup. No, because no, you're not going to bat Ronald Torres in the middle of the lineup. If we're, fine. If we're, if we're saying overall, then Sanchez is definitely the third best hitter on the Mets, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Third best hitter on the Mets. And he's, what, the third best hitter on maybe the maybe the second or third best hitter on the Yankees. Yeah, fifth, sixth. Maybe the best hitter on the Yankees. I don't know. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. He's not that judge. You get out of here. You absolutely get out of here. You 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 stop. You forget. You you easily forget what he did last season at the end of last year. That was historic. And Judge has done something historic as well. So they both done something historic. Now they're both struggling. So they should be probably at the same spot. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You you don't. The guy who does something more recently gets gets the edge. Without a doubt. <laughs> what have you done for me recently? What have you done for me lately? That's isn't that sports and in life in general? So he's he's the second best hitter on the on the Yankees. Nah, let's give him third. Who's better, Didi? You got Didi, so he's the third. He's the third best hitter overall. Didi's third, but also I would I would still I would still say Gardner might be up there, man. I I really think Gardner's having a hell of a year. A hell of a year. Dude's killing it. Dude's batting two fifty one. 19 home runs, though, man. I know. 107 hits. The guy's not bad. He's he's had a really really good season. A lot of his a lot of his stuff is coming clutch right now. I like his. I like what he's done. I like Gardner. I've always I kind of always liked Gardner. I feel like he's like the. I like Gardner too, but I think overall Sanchez is going to end up is a is a better hitter. I'm sure he will be in by the time it's all said and done. But now I'm saying right. If we're saying right now, I, I don't think I don't think Sanchez is, is two. I think he might be three, four, five. Either way, better than the Mets. Definitely better than the Mets. I forgot, I forgot where we're going. But now, anyway. but now talk, we've got these two teams we facing each other. Oh, it's good. the Yankees are going to kill them. The Yankees are going to win. It's not going to be close. Uh, I don't. I don't think so. How? How do you not think so? How, how is this going to be? Because why are you just going to assume how, that the what, Yankees are going to crush them? The Yankees are better. They're a better team. 
we see teams that are, are better lose all the time. This is baseball. Fine, so the Mets get one win. There we go. Out I'll of the four games they're going to play. That's, I bet you they're going to split. I really don't think so. I, yeah. Nah. I don't think so. I mean, I, I haven't looked at the pitching matchups. I got I to look at the pitching matchups. Who we got? We got Montero versus Sessa. Both garbage today. That's, that's, a, that's a really bad. That's a really Brutal. Bad, uh, and then game right there. <laughs> here's your here's your marquee matchup on Tuesday. DeGrom and Sonny Gray. That'll be a that'll be a good one. I'm hoping that'll be good. Yeah, that's that should be and then you, you've got average guys going on Wednesday, Jaime Garcia and Seth Lugo. That's a toss up. And then on Thursday you've got Luis Severino who's probably their ace but got beat up a little bit against the Red Sox. He'll probably come back but the Mets are home and Steven Matz has been garbage for the most part. Last last game he pitched okay this weekend. Uh, not great. Didn't get a win, uh, but definitely better than he had been in, in the past. So I don't see anything in these matchups that, that makes me think, oh, my God, the Yankees are going to crush the Mets. You know, they haven't been doing – the Yankees haven't been going well lately. If the, the Yankees were hot and they were playing phenomenal baseball and they just swept the Red Sox, I'd think, okay – Maybe there's a chance that they would sweep away the Mets or they'd win three out of four. But nothing that either of these teams has done lately has been making me think that the Yankees are just going to come in here and cruise and just throttle over the Mets. The Yankees aren't that team to just throttle over somebody. Well, if there was going to be a team they wouldn't throttle, it would be the freaking Mets. But I think this is not going to be No, if there's a, there's a team you throttle, it's the Phillies where the Mets just won three out of four against them. Phillies yeah. are well, hot garbage. The Yankees seem to never know how to. Uh, <laughs> well, I thought the Yankees never seem to throttle the Mets, even on years when they should. Um, I, I really don't think the Mets are going. I think the Mets only take one. I'll give you one. I really don't think they make. Any, I don't think they want anything more than that. We'll see. Baseball is so hard. I to just predict. really don't think the Mets. Well, that's our job. Our job is to predict it. So I'm predicting yeah, the Yankees we try. Make them, take three or four. That's, that's I'll, take a, job. I'll take so a split. I'm saying I take three or four. All right. You take split. I'll take three or four. Winner. I, I don't know. Winner opens next show, I guess. Something stupid. <laughs> this is our last show. What do you What do you mean? Well, last show on this network, unfortunately. We'll be, we'll be on the last <laughs> word on sports in like two weeks. But yeah, so anyone listening, uh, if you are all our fans, uh, listening live and listening after the fact, um, I don't mean to scare you, but you're not le- it's not the end of Greg and I. Uh, this is the end of us on Double G. We really appreciated Greg and the rest of Double G staff. Uh, they were just excellent guys to work with. Um, the split is purely just because you know, we're doing separate things. It, it's nothing to do with uh, content or, or personalities. Our boy Greg is moving down to Louisiana. We'll be having his own show on ESPN. Uh, what was it 1420 or 1240? I was, I was 1420. 1420 Lafayette down there. Uh, I just took over the last one on sports radio division. So that's obviously why we're going to last one on sports. Uh, so that's where we'll be. We'll be starting that next week. And on FanRag. Um, and as a fan rag, we'll always continue doing. But the Big Apple Sports Hour will be there uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday for two hours on Last Word on Sports. 
radio network. Uh, the American Hero may not be there for all those two hours every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but you know that I will definitely be there, or at least me or, or Mike Warren or, or somebody, but the show will be happening. Um, so the show not, not will fear, go on. Do not cry. Don't worry. We will, we will be here. Even after the Mets only win one game, we will still be here. Uh, because whatever you say, obviously I am, uh, it is whatever I say. That's why, uh, that's why I'm the man. But do you want to talk some football real quick? We got about 12 minutes left. You want to talk some football? Yeah, man. Let's, uh, let's talk a little football. Let's talk a little foosball as we're getting warmed up here towards the, the beginning of this, this 2017, 2018 season, because we've had our first preseason week. One of the preseason is coming gone. Not much really to, to watch the, uh, the Giants lose to the Steelers, and the Jets squeak by a thriller 7-3 to over the Titans. First and foremost, we will start with your Giants, Matt Stavsky, and I'm going to let you go on these guys and tell me what you were looking for coming into this first preseason game. I know it's a lot of young guys playing. Did anybody stand out to you? Did, did you see anything that you were like, okay, you know, this is this is kind of what I expected, minus Geno Smith throwing an interception, um, and maybe some things that you were looking forward to that didn't happen. Well, actually, this might sound weird, but I was actually looking forward to the number two quarterback battle for the New York Giants. Obviously, no one is taking Eli's spot, but the battle between Webb, Smith, and Johnson, I really wanted to see how that was going to play out because I know the Giants love Josh Johnson. Uh, but honestly, I, I haven't really watched a whole lot of film on him. He doesn't really play that much. Also, we all know Geno Smith. He played in the same stadium. I scouted Davis Webb coming into the uh, into the season. So I wanted to see how they perform. Uh, I didn't get a chance to really watch a lot of Webb. I had to leave. My buddy got engaged this weekend, so I had to kind of bounce out uh, out east. Mazel tov. But from what I did see, yeah, Mazel tov. What I did see, Josh Johnson is hot garbage. Hot garbage, man. This guy, this guy. I think was a lot of people on our show are hot garbage today. Yeah, he was a classic one read and uh, one read and run. He looked uncomfortable. It's all hell in the pocket. He got himself sacked three times, which you now behind that Giants line, you really don't need to help them give up sacks because they are going to do it on their own anyway. He made T.J. Watt look like Lawrence Taylor because he got the stepping up into T.J. Watt, stepping backwards, not understanding how to work the pocket. Geno, for the first half, looked very good. He had a Geno Smith moment in the second half, but I think Geno should absolutely be taking second-team reps this week going into this game. I really don't think Josh Johnson even survived the week. It should be between Geno and, and Webb. And in the end, I really still think it should be Geno. I have a lot of faith in Geno. I know he had a bad rap in the, uh, for the Jets. And I'm not even saying I'm not saying Gino should be a starter. I think he's more than capable to be a very good backup in the league. I think he could have been a good starter early in his career, but it just obviously injuries happen, uh, and you have all those just one negative thing after the other piles up, and your confidence is a shot. So I really think Gino should be the guy uh, sitting right behind Eli with Webb being our project. I really don't like Josh Johnson. Honestly, the line did a decent job overall. You know, we did what again? There wasn't a ton of guys in that really play uh, that were really playing uh, all day. It, overall, the Giants looked good. I really like Jay Bromley really came to play, and so did um, Thomas. I'm really looking forward to seeing that matchup too. Who takes the number two 
the second tackle spot now that Hankins is gone. But uh, Tomlinson and Brown both showed up that game, so that's going to be a fun little uh, competition to watch for the next three games. No, I, I like Geno Smith, too. I mean, I, I don't have a ton of faith in him, obviously, because he got a bad rap in, in New York with, with the Jets. And, and the, uh, he's just kind of going to staying in the same locker room in the same stadium. Um, so not much has changed. I think that's going to be kind of tough for him, especially if something does, you know, knock on what happened to to Eli. Um, uh, but at the same time, I think he's probably a capable backup, and it's nice that he's getting a fresh start in, uh, in with the Giants. I can't even say in New York because he was already in New York. But um, fresh start with the Giants. I have no problem with him coming in and being the backup. You let these other two kids, Webb and, and Johnson, kind of, compete and, and, and see what they've got. But, yeah, you didn't see a lot of good things from either of these guys in the first preseason game. Now, another another position battle that I'm looking at, and then, you know, I'm, I'm interested to get your thoughts in that, is is what about the what about the running back situation? You've got Vereen there, so you've got Darkwell, you've got Perkins. Um, you know, you how do you think this whole thing is going to shake out? Is it going to be Paul Perkins' job coming into the year, and, and is he going to have the first opportunity to run at it, so to speak? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's going to be Paul Perkins' job to lose. Um, but I think this is also going to be a definitely a running back by committee type thing. Uh, Paul Perkins, really good running back for the spread type offense, the spread West Coast that McAdoo runs. So I think Paul Perkins is a natural fit there. Vereen's a better receiving back. He will definitely use on third downs. Uh, Dark was just really a better – he's just a really good back. Overall, just a well-rounded back. Reminds me a lot of Bilal Powell for the Jets. He's got that, you know, underappreciated, good overall back. He's going to get a ton of carries during the year. Uh, obviously not like a fantasy option, but he'll get enough carries during the year. And I think Gallman will bring in some extra power. I really don't think it's going to be one of those types of backfields where, you know, it's one guy and then like maybe one guy, maybe one or two guys. This is going to be running back by committee, especially with the Giants history of running back getting injured. It would, I would not be surprised at all if we went in with Perkins, Gallman, uh, Vereen, and Darko all, all having uh, roles carved out for them going into the season. And then obviously as injuries happen, and if hopefully one of them takes off, maybe their role will increase a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Did you like that uh, running back by committee thing? Because over the last couple of years, I, I, I've noticed one of, the, one of the kind of letdowns for the Giants was that they didn't seem to have one guy that they, 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 you know, they didn't have a go-to back. They kind of threw a bunch of different guys in there. And then, you know, they, none of these running backs get into a rhythm and they can't really get into the flow of the game because they're constantly interchanging. Do you, do you see that as a problem? Or do you think it's going to be less uh, of a committee than we've seen in the past and more of, okay, Darqua and Perkins are going to be your two main guys and then you've got Vereen who can catch the ball out of the backfield? Um, I don't think it's going to be that much of a problem. I know last year was bad. But a, a lot of last year's issues was that the injuries. Now, Vereen and Jennings constantly injured. So, people were asked to play certain types of running back roles that they probably weren't going to play going into the year. Um, I'm okay mm-hmm. with the committee as long as the committee – as long as the roles are well-defined going into the committee. Like So, right now, if I had to create a, a role for each player, I think and Perkins is, is a starter – he fits into this offense really well. Marina be your third down back. I think Darkwood should be your spell back for, for Perkins, especially when you want to kind of establish a running game. 
that's the guy you give the ball. If you want to establish a running game, kind of a hard-nosed running game, uh, no matter when it is during the game, uh, maybe you want to go to more of a, a traditional type offense, Darker should be going in then. And Gallman, I think, should be a guy when you're maybe not short yards, but definitely you want to you want to pound the ball that you want to get you know, three yards in a cloud of dust type thing. That's when Gallman comes in. He's you know, he's a shorter, he's not really the biggest back. I think he's like six foot two ten, but he packs a punch, and that's kind of that was his thing in college as well. So I think that would be those are your four four guys and what they should be doing. They're all um, very different from one another, which is why I'm okay with the committee. My problem with the committee is when you have two guys who are very similar, then then you just nothing changes. It's the same offense, same plays, running to the same guys. Just you know, now they can't get the feel of the game going. But this, where we have four definitely unique players, I think it works totally fine. All right, nice. I like that insight right there. How about as we got about two or three minutes here? Let's let's go quickly to the Jets. Did you like what you saw out of Hackenberg? I watched a lot of his passes, and obviously, it's the first preseason week, so I mean, you can't put a ton of stock into this guy. But he didn't he didn't do terrible. He he did all right. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch him live. I had to go back and rewatch it a little bit. Um, but I did. I was following a few of the guys on um, Pro Football Focus who I follow, uh, and I got a great stat from one of them. Hackenberg's average depth of pass at one point, I think at, towards the end, was 2.95 yards average depth per pass, which is absolutely <laughs> terrible. We could throw 2.95 average depth uh, per pass, and that's really bad. I mean, you are pretty much checking down every single play. Uh, and that's yeah, not man. something the, like I really thought. Jo- I thought Josh McCown did well. I thought he did fine. I don't. I really don't think Bryce Petty's going to last this year. But Hackenberg did definitely did not show me anything to say he should be a starter. Yeah, no. I, I, that's one thing I was going to bring up too. I, I saw he tried to go deep a couple of times, threw way out of bounds. It was not very accurate, and it was just a lot of easy, easy throws that he made. So. I mean, there was nothing really to go off there. McCown played one series, threw the touchdown. Great for him. He will probably come out and be the starter. Bryce Petty's going to play a lot. They probably just want to, you know, get a better look at in-game situation, you know, with, with Hackenberg because they've seen what they've had in-game situation with Bryce Petty. So you get a look at Hackenberg. You let him play a little bit. See if he can open up a little bit um, in the next preseason game. We'll get, get, get more depth of, uh, of passes down the field a little bit more. I think that will be – That'll be big. And then I think something else that's big to watch here with the Jets is who kind of steps up for in a wide receiver set. Because, you know, obviously, Anunwa's out. And we got to see Robbie Anderson, some of these other guys who can step up. Miles White, um, Marshall, and maybe they bring in a veteran wide receiver. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, man. I, I'm looking forward to the uh, seeing more reps on these guys. And I love the football back. Um, I'll be at the Giant Jet game in, uh, in two weeks, so I'll be looking forward to seeing how these uh, groups progress. Um, but yeah, man, for Double G Sports, uh, for you to you guys, we really appreciate you guys giving us the airtime and, and being so good to both of us. Uh, I know we'll both miss you dearly. Obviously, to our fans, follow us over to Last Word on Sports Radio. We'll tweet out everything. Obviously, you can follow Greg and I on Twitter. I'm at Mstotsky. Greg is at Glon34. You can follow us our show at M. Uh, sorry, at Stotsky and G. And on Facebook, at Stotsky and G Podcasting. We hope you all enjoy the week. Enjoy the Subway Series, and we'll be back talking to you guys next Monday. Greg, say goodbye, to everybody. Later, everybody. We'll see you soon.
Bye, guys.